0: A storm of burden in my life Every time I am troubled by A storm of burden in my life You mean alleviates my pain Habibi ya Rasulullah. You mean alleviates my pain Habibi ya Rasulullah, Habibi wa Rasulallah وَنُسَلِّمُ عَلَى سَيِّدِنَا وَمَوْلَانَا مُحَمَّدٍ رسوله النَّبِيِّ الْأَمِينِ الْمَكِينِ الْحَنِينِ الْكَرِيمِ الرَّؤُفِ الرَّحِيمِ أما بعد فَأُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَسَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا رَسُولًا مِّنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُو عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَّكِّيهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ وَإِنْ كَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلُ لَفِي ضلال مُبِينٍ فقال اللَّهُ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى يا أيها الذين آمنوا أطيعوا الله ورسوله ولا تبلغ عنه وأنتم تسمعون وقال الله تبارك وتعالى لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أصبط حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر مذكرة الله كثيرة وقالت على وما أتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نحكم عنه فانتهوا الله إن الله شديد العقاب صدق الله Respected شيوخ Our honourable guests. The scholars, teachers, students, ladies and gentlemen. Alhamdulillah, this is the second session in continuation of the same subject. And that is the concept of Islamic law. We finished our discourse on the topic of authoritativeness of the Sunnah of Holy Prophet as the second fundamental source of Islamic law and we discussed the status of Sunnah in the station of Holy Prophet as the lawgiver in legislative authority of Sharia after Almighty Allah. Now before proceeding to the next topic and that is the objects of law. Before that, proceeding to the subject of hukm, law itself, it would be appropriate to finalize the aspect of sources of Islamic law because this is closer to the discussion which we have already concluded the status of the Sunnah of Holy Prophet in connection of Islamic law and Sharia you should be clear on this aspect of Islamic law that there are Three kinds of the sources of Islamic law. I would say three categories of the sources. Masadirul Sharia. Masadirul al-Fiqhiya. Basic The sources through which Islamic law is established. Islamic law is formulated and Islamic law is developed are of three categories. First category is the primary sources. Second category is the secondary sources. And the third category is subsidiary sources. This is how I divide the sources of Islamic law into three categories. Primary, secondary and subsidiary. Primary sources are Quran and Sunnah. As I have already mentioned that the lawgiver in its real sense is Almighty Allah and his law giving authority vests in the Holy Quran. When we say that Holy Prophet also enjoys the status of lawgiver in, its, in his representative and manifestative capacity so his legislative capacity and authority vests in sunnah and his hadith. His speech, his acts and deeds and his tacit approvals. His call, his fail and his taqreer. His speech, his acts and deeds and whatever approved by him tastes at least silently. So this is hadith and sunnah. I mentioned in my last session just the verses of Holy Quran in this respect. I would like, in addition to that, to quote some important hadith also on the same subject whereby Holy Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam through his sunnah himself declared his capacity of being lawgiver. This is a hadith of Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reported by Hazrat Hudayfa and this is Muttafaq related by Imam Bukhari and Muslim unanimously. قَالَ in this hadith the world hadith hadith is starting from the world hadith haddathana rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam annal al nazalat min as-samaa'i fi jathr qulubir rijal wa nazal al qur'an fa al qur'ana wa alimu min as-sunnah these are the two sources mentioned by holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wa sallam and I would say these are the two primary sources. Holy Prophet said that Allah's divine revelation was communicated to the people and it went up to the depths of their hearts. His divine message was revealed into the depths of the hearts of the people. So he says that the Holy Qur'an was revealed by Almighty Allah and the people, means the companions of Holy Prophet wasallam. they read and studied the Holy Qur'an and they learned the sunnah of Holy Prophet wasallam. So the beautiful thing which we have to try to understand is that here, just revelation of Quran, revelation is has been mentioned. An al min as sama. Divine revelation was communicated. When Holy Prophet sallallahu mentions the revelation of divine message of Almighty Allah, then he divides this divine message into two realities: the Quran and the Sunnah in his own hadith so the people read and they studied the quran and they learned my sunnah it means he himself is explaining that quran and my sunnah both have both are the divine revelation communicated by almighty allah one in the form of words letters and spirit and other in the form of spirit meanings then another Hadith reported by Abu Huraira, radiyallahu taalaanhu, related by Imam Bukhari. Holy Prophet sallallahu Alaihi wasallam states, "Kull ummati al jannah illa man abaa." "Qaaluya Rasulullah wa min ya abaa." "Qaalaman ataaani dhaal al jannah wa man asaaani fakad abaa." Everybody will go to jannah among the believers. All of my followers and believers they will go to Jannah except those who disobey me except those who disobey me companions asked ya Rasulullah who are those who disobey you Holy Prophet said those who obey me will go to Jannah and those who disobey me don't accept my Sunnah and my commandment as authority They are the disobedient and they will not go to Jannah. Then Holy Prophet ﷺ stated, reported by Abdullah ibn Abbas, related by Imam Hakim and Behaki, and Qal al-Hakim al Isnad. al-Isnaad, Hazil Hadith Sayyu al-Isnaad, Anna Rasool Allah ﷺ Khatab al-Nasa fi Hajjatul Wida, fi Hajjatul Wida, faqala ya ayyuhal nas, inni qad taraktu fikum (laughs) <laughs> Holy Prophet declared while addressing his companions, said, I am leaving two great things for you. If you stick to both of these two, you will never get astray. And you will be sticking to the state path. And those two great things which provide guarantee of guidance to you are kitabullah quran and my sunnah again imam malik reports hadith sahih reported by abu huraira radiyallahu ta'ala Anu. holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam stated taraktu fiikum amarin, lan tadillu ma tamassaktum bihima kitabullah wa sunnatan the same words I I have left two great things for you to believe in to adopt and to practice in your life and if you stick to these two great things in your life you will never be misguided one is Allah's book Quran and the second is my sunnah these are the prophetic declarations which explained that Holy Prophet's Sunnah is the binding authority for Islam. And this is one of the fundamental sources of Islamic law. Again in Tirmazi and Ibn Majah, Hadith Hasan Sahih, it is reported by Irbaz bin Sariya radhiyallahu whereby Holy Prophet said, bi sunnati wa sunnati My Sunnah and the Sunnah of my Caliphs is compulsarily binding upon you. Holy Prophet mentioned that my Sunnah possesses a binding authority and a binding absolute binding capacity for you. Another hadith sahi, related by Imam Tirmazi and Ibn Majja and Imam Dharmi. Reported by Abdullah ibn Masud radhiyallahu taala anhu, Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Nadhar imran samae' al-maqalati, fawa'ha wa hafizaha wa ballagha, farubba ha milafikhin ilaa man huwa afka'u minhu." Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that Almighty Allah will keep him pleased and happy. Who listens to my hadith, learns it by heart, retains its meanings in his mind and his heart, and then communicate to others. And Holy Prophet said there is a possibility that the person who carries my hadith to others. Those whom he is carrying the hadith to, maybe those people are more intelligent in understanding the Islamic law. They are more competent in depth understanding of Islamic law. Their level of fiqh is better than the one who is communicating hadith to him. So, here two things have been mentioned. One source which is being communicated to other people and Holy Prophet Sallallahu is invoking supplication in his favor that Almighty Allah will keep him pleased and always happy who receives hadith from me and communicates to other. So the process of reception of hadith and transmission to others, this has been made sunnah by the command of Holy Prophet Sallallahu here lies the significance and the binding authoritativeness of the Sunnah of Holy Prophet. And then, next thing, Al-Fiqh, it means that Hadith, Holy Prophet is explaining that Hadith is becoming the foundation of Fiqh. Hadith is the source of Al-Fiqh. Because soon after, immediately after mentioning, the reception and transmission of hadith after mentioning this process of tahdees, as sama and ada, tahammul and ada of hadith. After mentioning this process, immediately Holy Prophet ﷺ mentions the concept of fiqh and afkahum menhu, which means hadith is the basic material which formulates fiqh of Islam. Further, when Holy Prophet says Man ho ba ho ho, This leads to the concept of Ijtihad Because there are two things One the words of Hadith Other the meanings of Hadith If the words of Hadith Are transmitted This is riwayah If the meanings of Hadith Are learnt and understood This is diraya, And ahlud diraya, The people of meaning of Hadith Are the Mujtahideen And the people of words of hadith and transmission are Muhaddesin. So Holy Prophet is mentioning two groups. That there would be one group within my ummah, that would be the group of Muhaddesen. They will receive the hadith and transmit to other generations. The other group, Afkahomenho, his status would be higher than Muhaddesin. Those would be the people of understanding, the mujtahideen, they will understand and go into the depth of the meanings of hadith so that after understanding the meaning of hadith they may be able to formulate the body of fiqh and laws of the sharia of islam so muhaddisin had been performing the function of transmitting the hadith and mujtahideen have been performing the function of formulating the laws of sharia this is holy prophet mentioned both of these two things in his hadith then next part of the hadith of hadith of sahih holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said thalas la yaghallu alayhi naqalb muslimin ikhlas al-amal lillah wa munasahat a'immat al-muslimin wa luzum jama'atihim holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said there are 3 people and their hearts would never be dishonest there are three people in my ummah. Their hearts would never be dishonest. The first person is Ikhlasul Amalilillah, whose every act and deed is based on pure sincerity for God of all, for Almighty Allah. Every act and deed is based on pure sincerity, based on Ikhlas. So his heart would never go astray, and his heart would never become dishonest. Number two, Those people who will always wish for the betterment of the ummah and for the betterment of the leaders of ummah. Those who will wish their betterment and those who will work for their betterment and those who will pray for their betterment. Because of this generosity of their heart and kindness of their heart, generosity because they are always praying for the betterment of Ummah. almighty allah will protect their heart from dishonesty and the third luzum jama'atim those who will stick to jama'ah and sticking to jama'ah means al-ijma'ah the third source of islamic law luzum jamaah so first was the revelation of Qur'an, the first source. Second is hadith and sunnah of Holy Prophet ﷺ. and by saying Waluzumul jamaa," this indicates toward the binding capacity of Ijma, the third source we will talk about. Holy Prophet ﷺ again stated it is reported by Abu Hurairah and related by Imam Bukhari and Muslim hadith in دَعُونِي ala وَإِذَا أَمَرْتُكُمْ amartukum fatu Holy prophet sallallahu said, Whenever I give you a commandment, I give you an order, I give you any injunction, I give you any instruction, you should accept it and practice in your life. And if I prohibit you and forbid you from anything, just remain abstained from it. abstain from it. So here lies the binding capacity of the Sunnah of Holy Prophet ﷺ as the fundamental source of Islamic Sharia. This hadith is again Muttafaq Alay. There is another hadith. This is Hadith Sahih. And many companions have reported this hadith from Holy Prophet. ﷺ. And i of of has have, have related this hadith with the Sahih chain of authority. The first hadith is reported by Abu Rafi' and many other companions. The Holy Prophet wasallam said that I see there would be a person in my ummah, he would be sitting on his seat giving the lecture, teaching people, preaching Islam to the people. He would be sitting on his seat and a hadith would be quoted to him. And when he will hear the hadith, when he will come across a hadith of mine, He would say, We don't accept the authority of Hadith and Sunnah. Don't look at Hadith. Look into Quran. Whatever has been mentioned in Quran, we are bound to accept it and practice it. This is what this is the fitna, Dalala, which Holy Prophet, this is more just a miracle of Holy Prophet, that those periods nowadays where the people are now rebutting and denying. The authoritativeness of the hadith and sunnah of Holy Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Holy Prophet mentioned about this 14 centuries before. He said, La, Whatever we find in Holy Quran we will follow it. And we don't know what hadith is. We have no concern with the authoritative position of hadith. They will deny the authoritativeness of my sunnah. And second hadith has been reported by Al Mikdam bin Ma'adi رَضِيَ اللَّهُ ta'ala عنه قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عليه وسلم عَلَىٰ هَلْ عصى رَجُلٌ يَبْلَغُهُ الحديث Then he specifically mentioned there would be a person it means there would be certain group of people, some scholars, denying the authoritativeness of my hadith and sunnah. They would be preaching Islam. And my hadith would be narrated and reported to them. hadith anni. He will receive hadith from me. He will be sitting on his seat. فَيَقُولُ oh O people, don't pay attention to the Hadith of Holy Prophet. Don't consider the Hadith and Sunnah of Holy Prophet as binding authority. Just pay attention to Quran. The authority to be accepted amongst us is only the Quran. And he would say, He will say, Don't pay any attention to the hadith. Just consider what Holy Quran has communicated to you. So whatever has been declared halal in Quran, we should accept it halal. Whatever has been declared to be haram, whatever is forbidden in Quran, we would accept it as forbidden. Holy Prophet then rebutting this fitna, rebutting this fitna said, you should know o people of my ummah, whatever has been forbidden by rasulullah it is it possesses the same capacity and status as it has been forbidden by almighty allah holy prophet said this thing he says my prohibiting my commanding and my forbidding possesses the same binding force and authority as it has been forbidden and as it has been prohibited by Almighty Allah in Holy Quran. So as I mentioned that the first thing, first category of the sources of Islamic law is Quran and Sunnah. These are the primary sources. As mentioned in Ati'ul-Laha wa atiul Rasul. Then comes the third source. Third source, uh, I would say second category. Second category of the sources of Islamic law. These are Ijma and Qiyas. Ijma is consensus of opinion. Consensus of opinion. Collective agreement of the opinions of jurists of a time on a particular juristic issue. And fourth is Qiyas. It is analogy. Now, Ijma and Qiyas, both of these two sources, in fact, are two forms and manifestations of Ijtihad. In a way, we would say the first two sources, which are the primary sources, are Quran and Sunnah. And the third source belonging to second category is ijtihad. And ijtihad is done through the process of analogy. Ijtihad is the juristic mode of legislation. A juristic mode of legislation and its process through which it comes into existence is analogy. So if this analogy is just an opinion of a jurist of an Imam of a competent jurisprudential authority and remains as a single opinion this would be considered as chaos and if that opinion achieves the status of consensus a collective agreement of the jurists of that time or collective agreement of the ummah, it the same, ijtihad or qiyas becomes ijma. So the first primary two sources, Quran and sunnah, and the second secondary sources are ijma and qiyas, and both originate from ijtihad. There are people, I told you, one group of people, unfortunately would say that we don't believe in authoritativeness of hadith and sunnah. And then they will explaining and defending their viewpoint and interpreting their opinion, they will make many excuses for the denial of authoritativeness of sunnah. Now, there will be another group in the ummah they would say we just believe in Quran and Sunnah both authorities we don't deny we deny neither the authoritativeness of Quran nor the authoritativeness of Hadith and Sunnah we accept the both but we don't accept any further source of Islam Islamic law I mean Ijma and Qiyas these are the sources in Fiqh and some people would say that we don't accept next sources of Ijma and Qiyas. We just stick to Quran and Sunnah. And they think as if Ijma and Qiyas, the consensus and analogy, they have no basic Sharia evidences. They have no evidences in Quran and Hadith, they think. As if these two sources were concocted, were fabricated by the jurists, by the Fuqaha, by Aimatul Fiqh, and they were in they were inculcated, they were introduced in later periods, like innovations, as innovations. And they think that they have no roots in Quran and Sunnah. This is another thinking, another thought. This thought is again absolutely wrong, baseless. Quran and Sunnah, the only difference is. They are the primary sources and Ijma and Qiyas are the secondary sources but these two, both of these two sources, Ijma and Qiyas they have direct evidence of Quran and Sunnah. They are based on Quranic evidences and they are based on Hadithic evidences. When we say Ijma it has various kinds. It can be Ijma Qawli, the Ijma consensus through speech, verbal express ijma. It can be ijma, sukuti, silent, and implied ijma. You need consensus of opinion, express consensus, expressive, clearly, verbally declared by the jurist of the time. And it can be sukuti, opinions of some of the jurist, and remaining jurists remain silent, they didn't deny it. But the basically ijma, As a source of law, this world has a root in Holy Quran. This has been derived from Quran itself. It comes in Surah Yunus, verse number 71. The word Ijma, I am telling you, where this world has come from. This world has come from Quran. So this concept originates from Quran and not from any other external source. Almighty Allah stated, "فَأَجْمَعُوا amrakum. This verse of Quran is the authority on the world of Ijma. فَأَجْمَعُوا أَمْرَكُمْ. Here lies the word Ijma and its root in Quran. It means ittifaq, consensus, agreement, collective agreement of the jurists. And the briefly speaking about the Quranic evidences on ijmah. The first Quranic evidence on ijma'. Quranic evidence. It is stated in Holy Quran. Almighty Allah ordained Mimba de Matabayan alahul Huda Vayatabi Gayra Sabil Mumineen Nuvallihima Taballa Vanuslihijanam Vasa at Masira Sura An Nisa, verse number one, one, five, one hundred and fifteen. Almighty Allah says, If anybody opposes the Messenger. After the guidance was exposed to him, after the guidance, divine guidance was revealed and expressly revealed and explained to him. even then he opposed Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu. Now very interesting thing. And and he followed a path which was not the path of mu'minin. he followed a path not of the path of Mu'minin, so he deviated from the continuous path of Mu'minin. he deviated from the consensus of Mu'minin of the ummah of holy prophet so this has been declared to be dalala, misguidance so deviation from the path based on the consensus and collectivity of the faithful people of the ummah this has declared to be dalala. It means following the path of the مومنین of Ummah is Hidayah. This is the evidence of Quran on Ijma. Did you understand? Did you understand? Now another very beautiful and delicate link between two parts of Ayah. The first is huda. And second part is, He will go to Jannam, to the hellfire. So let us combine the both parts of this verse and let us try to understand the internal link between these two parts. The first is that the man who opposes Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after the divine guidance has been made clear to him here is mentioned opposition to prophet opposition to the messenger other thing the one who opposes the one who opposes prophet muhammad sallallahu quran says he is the one who adopts the path other than the path of mu'minin it means that adop- adopting the path of mu'minin of Ummah Adopting the path of Ijma'ul Ummah Adopting the path of Ijma'ul mu'minin min Ummah This is dalala, And deviating from their path That was Hidayah Adopting the path of mu'minin of Ummah Is Hidayah And deviating from the path of mu'minin of Ummah Is dalala. And who deviates Quran said those who deviate from the path of mu'mineen they are the ones who oppose prophet muhammad only the deviators from the path of the ummah are the ones who are deviators from the path of the prophet muhammad it means the path of the ummah is to be considered really as the path given by prophet muhammad and those who deviate from the sunnah of prophet muhammad these are these are those people who deviate from the path of Mu'minin. meaning thereby deviation from sunnah is deviation from ijma and deviation from ijma of ummah is really the deviation from sunnah of prophet muhammad so here in this verse almighty allah has declared ijma of mu'mineen of ummah and Following the path of the Sunnah of Holy Prophet, they are declared these two things inter reciprocally related, interdependently reciprocal. They are conditional to each other. They are inseparable. You can't separate the Sunnah of Holy Prophet from Ijma of the Ummah of Holy Prophet. You can't separate the Sunnah of Holy Prophet from Ijma of Ummah of Holy Prophet. And you can't separate the ijma of Ummah of the Prophet from the Sunnah of Holy Prophet. They have been both mentioned together and they are indispensable and inevitable to each other. So Sunnah of Holy Prophet is the fundamental guideline and its manifestation, its formulation and its practical demonstration is Ijmaah of the Holy Prophet That's why the Aima used to say Imam Malik and Imam Azam and Imam Shafi, all of the Aima they used to say that no ijma can be against Sunnah of Holy Prophet. The reason is that sometimes you can be unaware of the existence of a particular Sunnah on a particular issue. It was not transmitted to you or it was not properly understood by certain people or it was not transmitted or reported to a group of people. It remained hidden. There is a possibility that a particular sunnah on a particular issue remain hidden from our eyes. But it cannot remain hidden from the eyes of whole ummah. It can remain hidden from the eyes of one or two or three or four jurists. But it cannot remain hidden from all of the of ummah. So, whenever you see that all aima of the ummah they have consensus on this particular issue, you should believe that this consensus means that they have found the sunnah of Holy Prophet. So, consensus ijma leads to sunnah. Ijma refers to sunnah. And sunnah is found in the manifestation or formulation of ijma. So this is the first Quranic evidence. Now there is another Quranic evidence. It is stated in Surah Al-Imran verse number 110 where the virtues of the Ummah of Holy Prophet has been mentioned. Stated Kun tum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas ta'maruna bil marufi wa tanhawuna anil munkar wa ta'minuna billah U ummah of my beloved Prophet sallallahu alaihi you are the best nation of the world. So, if when the Ummah of Holy Prophet has been declared to be the best of the nations of the world, it means consensus of that Ummah would be the best opinion of Islam. If the Ummah of Holy Prophet has been declared by Quran to be the best of all nations. It means that the consensus of that Ummah has to be accepted as the best of all opinions in Sharia. This is authority of Ijma. Kun And again ummatan wasatan Again next ayah Third evidence of Quran Al-Baqarah Verse number 143 Quran says Wa qazalika Ummatan wasatan لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَيَكُونَ الرَّسُولُ عَلَيْكُمْ شَهِيدًا That this Ummah holy Prophet has been made the greatest Ummah and the Ummah of the highest rank and the moderate Ummah and the Ummah going on the right path, Ummatan Wasata. This is the Ummah which always follows the right path. This is the meaning of Ummatan wasatan. This is the Ummah on the right path. This is the Ummah placed on the highest rank. Why Ummah of Holy Prophet has been placed at the highest rank? Why the path of the Ummah has been declared to be the wasatan, the correct and truthful path? Why the straight path? Because Quran says, "Litaqunu shohada alannas." Almighty Allah declared that this ummah will become the witness on all other ummas. Ummah of Holy Prophet would be the witness on the nations of other prophets. When Almighty Allah declared that this ummah is witness on other nations, so what is the role of a witness in a court? where a judge is sitting and there is a hearing of a case and both parties are there and you come there with witness. So what is the role of a witness in a court? Witness is heard and believed. Witness is heard and witness is believed. If the witness is not to be believed, then there is no point of bringing evidence through a witness. Witness is the evidence. And your claim is only established through the witness. If you don't have witness in favor favor of your claim, your claim is rejected. And if you come with a witness in favor of your claim, your claim is accepted. This is the process. This witness is heard and witness is believed in. If our witness is to be believed in, and if our witness is a reliable witness, and if our witness has a position that our case becomes acceptable with his evidence, so what would be the position of a witness which has been declared by Almighty Allah that Ummah of Muhammad is the witness? On all nations, it means the witness and evidence of the Ummah of Muhammad would be heard. And it would be accepted and it is reliable witness. So, if the witness and evidence of the ummah is reliable, it means the consensus of the opinion of the ummah should be reliable in Sharia. It cannot be rejected because Almighty Allah has declared, Ummatan vasatan litakunu shuhada, a shahadatu So, Almighty Allah has declared that their shahadat is makbul. Their shahadat is binding. Their shahadat is acceptable. If the shahad of ummah is acceptable through Quran, so why the consensus of opinion of the ummah should be rejected? So its rejection would be against the holy Quran and declaration of almighty Allah. And then another beautiful juristic point which further comes in this ayah. First of all, almighty Allah says for ummah, O Ummah of Holy Prophet your status and your evidence is a binding evidence your shahada is shahada qat'iyya binding because you are the witness on all nations O Almighty Allah why their witness possesses a binding force why the witness of the evidence of the Ummah Possesses such a reliable and strong position. Why? Almighty Allah says, Don't you see who is behind them? Don't you see who is behind them? Why the witness of the Ummah has been given a binding authority just because their witness behind them is Prophet Muhammad. Wa so stated in Quran, the Shuhada O Ummah, you would be the witness over all nations. And Prophet Muhammad is witness on you. So, your witness has become a binding authority because of the strength which has been given to your witness and your evidence because of the witness of Holy Prophet. So, Prophet Muhammad, he is witness of the Ummah, and his Ummah is the witness of all Ummas and nations. It means that the Sunnah is a binding force between the Ijma of Ummah. This is as link has been mentioned in Quran. So these are the Quranic authorities on Ijma. And there are some other authorities of Quran too. I just wanted to give you some of them. Then there are ahadiths on authority of Ijma. There are ahadiths where Holy Prophet ﷺ himself declared Ijma to the source as the source of Sharia. Himself declared. Holy Prophet stated this was Quran and now the authorities of Hadith on authoritativeness of Ijma. Holy Prophet said this is hadith Sahih reported by Imam Dirmazi and Hakim related by Abdullah ibn Umar رضي ta'ala. تعالى قال قال Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله لا يجمع أمتي على دلالة This is the authority of Ijma وَجَدُ اللَّهِ مَعَلْ wa man شَدَّ شَدَّا إِلَى النَّارِ Holy Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that Almighty Allah said My Ummah will never ever agree upon misguidance and wrong and error. My ummah will will never agree upon an error. This would remain the consensus and collectivity of my ummah will always be guided and protected from errors how Almighty Allah's prote- hands or hand of protection would always remain on the collectivity of my ummah the collective consciousness of my ummah the collective conscience of my ummah the collective opinion of my ummah would always be divinely protected by Almighty Allah and those who will deviate from this of ummah those who will deviate from the path collective path of my ummah they will go to the hellfire then again holy prophet sallallahu wa sallam said reported by Abdullah ibn umar related by imam tirmazi and imam nasai and imam ahmad wa qala haza hadithun hasanun sahih umar he declared he said that I am standing here, conveying you to, to you the message of Holy Prophet sallallahu which I received from him. What was the prophetic message? Said, فَقَالَ عَلَيْكُمْ وَإِيَّاكُمْ بَالْفُرْقَةِ فإن said that holy prophet gave the message to his ummah it is compulsory for you to remain with the collectivity of ummah to remain with aggregation and congregation of ummah to remain with collective community of ummah and those who will deviate from the collective or community of my ummah and they will have their own opinion Holy Prophet said they will go to hellfire because they will become closer to shaitan and if there is one person on one side and two or other sides shaitan is always the shaitan evil is always closer to the one and further to the two he is far from two and close to one that's why Holy Prophet said at another place Reported by Ibn Umar. Almighty Allah will never allow this ummah to agree upon an error or misguidance. Allah's hand of protection will always remain on the collectivity of the ummah. al A'azam, شَزَّ شُزَّ the Holy Prophet ﷺ said that it is important for you that you should always remain with the sect which is the biggest in number in my Ummah. And this is Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'an. As-Sawadul Azam. The biggest group of Ummah. This would be the form of Ijma. And those who deviate from the biggest group, from Ijmah, they will go to hellfire. Again in Ibn Majah, reported by Anas ibn Malik, قال Inna Ummati la Tajtamiu ala Dalalatin. Faiza araytum اِخْتِلَافًا fa araikum bis sabadilazan. Holy Prophet said, My Ummah will never agree, collectively agree upon an error or misguidance. And whenever you find differences and disputes and various sectarian disputes, various sects coming up in my Ummah, Disputes coming up in my ummah, differences appearing in my ummah. So, in the period of differences and dispute, what you should do in order to get rid of misguidance or to be protected? Holy Prophet said, (laughs) You should always adhere to the biggest group of my ummah, and that is (laughs) Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. In the period of disputes and differences remain attached with the biggest group of my ummah and abu darr radiyallahu ta'ala states it is reported by imam ahmad bin hanbal in musnad holy prophet said qala ithnan khairum min wahidin wa thalathatun min isna'in, wa arbaatun khairum min thalatha fa bil Jama'a. fa inna allah lan yajma' ummati illa ala huda this hadith is the basis of democracy too somebody may ask what is the root of democracy in Islam the majority opinion what is democ- what democracy talks about democracy talks about the majority opinion and majority opinion is always preferred to the minority opinion this is what Holy Prophet Sallallahu gave this democratic principle 1400 years before and this is the basis of Ijma concept of Ijma Holy Prophet Sallallahu said two opinion of two persons is better than the opinion of one. Opinion of three persons is better than opinion of the two. Opinion of four is better than opinion of three. After giving these three examples. Two are better than one. Three better than two. And four better than three. After giving these examples. then Holy Prophet ﷺ said. Fa alaykum bil you have to stick to the jama'ah. And jama'ah means the majority opinion of my ummah and majority opinion of the ummah is becomes the basis of ijma in holy prophet's ummah because almighty allah will never allow my ummah to agree upon an error or act of misguidance so these were the authorities on ijma fourth source is qiyas i'm not going if i go in detail of each and everything we take one, one 30 days to complete the subject 30 days I am giving you a brief outline a concept what Islamic law is in connection of its sources, in connection of its authority in connection of its origin in connection of its sanction, in connection of its validity in connection of its scope in connection of its subjects, in connection of its objects, in connection of law itself, of lawgiver In various aspects, I am trying to give you a summarized concept of Islamic law. Qiyas analogy is the fourth source of Islamic law. And again, it has also basis in Quran. Qiyas has its origin in Quran. You may think how? Although Qur'an is divine revelation, there is no need of analogy in Qur'an. But Almighty Allah revealed many verses and mentioned some commandments in an analogical way to make analogy the sunnah of Almighty Allah. (laughs) To make analogy sunnah of Almighty Allah for the ummah. So the analogy is to be taken as authority of Sharia. That's why it was just mentioned in Qur'an. The style of Quranic verse, the style of mentioning of Quranic commandment, the style of mentioning of the juristic argument of some verses is analogical style. An analogical style has been adopted by Almighty Allah to give authoritativeness to the process of Ta'as. It is stated in Quran, An Nisa, verse number 10, how an analogical Style of the Quranic verse has been adopted. It is stated. What is the first verse of all? You should understand what Kiyas is. So that you may appreciate the analogical style of the Quranic verse. Kiyas consists of four elements. Kiyas is analogy. It consists of four elements. One is first broken element is Al Asl. The origin, there was original and expressive law, explicit law, Quranic verse, Hadith, commandment based on Quran and Hadith or a legal commandment, a decision, a judgment which already existed through Quran and Hadith. That is Asl. Now a new situation has come into existence in our present day time. A new situation in Western world, in a non-Muslim society, in an Islamic society in matters of international relations, in matters of your own personal matters, a new situation has arrived. You try to solve it through Quran and Sunnah or you try to solve it through Ijma and you don't find any explicit or expressive or a clear answer neither in Quran nor in Sunnah nor in Ijma because this is absolutely a new situation which has arisen in our present day time it never arose in past it was never in existence in prophetic time it was never in existence in the caliphate time it was never in existence in our imams time so it was it has never become the subject of quranic verse it never became the subject of a hadith it never became the subject of ijma of ummah because it never existed at that time it is a newly arisen situation so that's why it was never addressed in early sources so this newly arisen situation is known as al farah root and there was a commandment which was similar that was asl but not exactly the same this situation is a new Development In your matrimonial matter, in your economic matter, in matter of your business, anything, a new thing has arrived and you want the juristic order, a commandment, a fatwa, shari position. And exactly you can't find this thing in early sources. This is fara, branch. Third is hukm, hukmul asl. Now what you will do? the mujtahid will do the scholar, the jurist, the mujtahid he will find what was the hukm of that particular situation which was not the same but it was similar. There was a resemblance of circumstances resemblance of situation resemblance of the matter it was not the same but it was similar. So you have to find the jurist finds what was the commandment, order, judgment so when you find the juristic law, the commandment, the order, that is asl. And next, fourth is Illa. Then you try to find what is the basic common reason between two situations. The original situation, that is asl. And the newly arisen situation, that is branch. That was the root. So you try to find the similarity between the root and branch you want to find the resemblance between the root and branch that resemblance is the reason illa al tul mu'assira al tul mushtarika that was the common reason why that order was given in that particular situation if you find a resembling situation here so extension of that order to this newly arisen situation this is known as qiyas i hope you all of you have understood now any order, any verdict which was given in an old situation, original situation, resembling to the present situation, so extension of that order, juristic order, to this newly arisen situation, on the basis of commonality of the reason. Commonality of reason. This extension based on commonality is known as Qiyas, analogy. So you Consider the first thing and consider the second thing. trace the resemblance and extend the same order to the new situation. When you have understood what analogy is, now I would like to place before the Quranic, before you, the Quranic style of this verse. An-Nisa verse number 10. Almighty Allah says, Those who eat the properties and the wealth and the rights of the orphan orphans unjustly dishonestly so this Quran has mentioned this portion this would be taken as the asl inna yaakuluna amwal al this is the new situation not asl this is sorry this is farah a person now is eating the property and the right of an orphan, which is who is under his supervision. So, what would be the order for that if he commits an act of dishonesty with the right, with the property, with the wealth of an orphan? Quran says this is a fara, a new situation. So, the similar situation would be nara. his order would be as if. He is eating the hell fire in his tummy. He is eating the hell fire. He is putting hell fire in his tummy, in his stomach. So Almighty Allah has given an example and explaining the situation and extending the order through a similar example. This is the analogical style of Quran. Again stated in Holy Quran, Surah Ali Imran, verse number 137. Quran says, Practices of the old nations have passed in front of you. So the practices of the old and the incidents of the old nations has been mentioned as the origin. Fasiru You should walk around the earth. And try to see and try to understand what happened with those who were the deniers and who were the liars. So try to understand the reason of their punishment and applying in your life that if we will follow the same or similar path the same would happen to us. This is the analogical style which Almighty Allah has adopted to convey the message to us and in Quran another authority of Qiyas Quran says Surah Ashura verse number 17 Allahul Al-Kitaba Bil Wal-Mizan Almighty Allah is the one who has revealed the holy book his divine revelation and he has revealed the Al-Mizan Alama Ibn al and many other scholars they say al mizan huwa al qiyas anzalahu ma he narrates this in ilam al and many other scholars say that al mizan means al qiyas which was revealed with holy quran that's why the prophets were given the capability of qiyas and analogy and there were many decisions which Holy Prophet ﷺ took in his life on the basis of analogy. A companion came to him and asked, analogy is the sunnah of Holy Prophet ﷺ. He asked, Ya Rasulullah, my mother has died. My father has died. There are different ahadiths on isal us And Can I perform hajj on her behalf? Or can I perform hajj on his behalf?